Are you ready to get into it? Heck yeah! For this episode, we'll be doing a little investigation into the murder of Diane Buntrock, and she was murdered by her son, Michael Buntrock. There are some gruesome details in this case, um, so just a forewarning, if that's something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe skip this episode. Hi, we're Uncovering the Truth of Minnesota. I'm Sarah, and Isabel is actually not going to be in this episode. This is just a little bonus episode um, with our first guest, who is... Madison. Hi, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you for coming and being here. Thank you. Um, so, Maddie... Tell us a little about yourself, you know? Oh, just for a little preface, we're not saying Maddie's last name, her family's last name, or the name of the sod farm. And you'll understand that in a little bit. But anyways, tell us about yourself, Maddie. Hi, I'm Madison. I'm 23. Um, I graduated college with my degree in neuroscience back in May, and now I'm doing school through the University of Florida, getting my master's in biomedical neuroscience. Um, Basically what she's saying is she's a brain and she's single and ready to mingle. I am single, yes. Um, (laughs) Been single for a while. We don't have to talk about how long. (laughs) This turns into a dating episode. Ooh, okay. Um, I like to play tennis. I like to read. I'm a big book nerd and I love to shop and spend too much money. Yes, that's pretty much all we do when we're together is shop mm-hmm. and watch um, crime YouTube videos. That's a- Oh, me and Maddie have been friends since high school. We're besties. Anyways. And I think we even met in junior high, but we didn't become close friends until like junior, senior year of high school. Yeah. Senior year, I think. Senior year, When we were sure. in uh, AP Lit. Oh my gosh, Intro yes. Lit. That was so fun. We <laughs> yeah. sat right next to each other for the entire year and it was amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what, was it 7th grade Spanish or 8th grade Spanish class that we met, met? So, at Century, I don't think you could take a language in 7th grade, so I think we all started in 8th grade, so I think we met in 8th grade. grade. Yeah. Oof. With Mrs. Peterson, that was interesting. Oh. I liked her, though. I liked her. She was sweet. Yeah, a lot of kids didn't like her, but yeah, I did. Yeah, she was a good teacher. Yeah. Mrs. Peterson, if you're listening, <laughs> hi. Shout out. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's been a long ride. Mm -hmm. We're in it for the long haul at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Friendship goals is what I'm trying to say. Definitely. So before we get started, I am going to thank my sources for this episode. I did use two specific sites a lot, and that is a 1995 femicide report, which was done by angelfire.com, and that kind of was just like a whole yearly report of all the women and children that were murdered that year. I also use a document made by the state of Minnesota Supreme Court and that was made when Michael Buntrock was appealing his case. I do have something to add on that but um there aren't a lot of like press articles available but my mom said that it was a huge thing at the time. So it was all over the news. Okay. Like on 
you know, Channel 5, Channel 11, all the local Twin City stations. So it's not like it got overlooked. It was really huge. Okay. In the spring of 1995. I was surprised that there weren't as many articles on it. But, I mean, it was pre-internet, so it does make sense. True, true. But, like... I had a really hard time finding a lot I know, of me too, because I did some of my own research. I'm like, oh, this is kind of lacking, but... Yeah, okay, well, that's good to know yeah. that it was a big, like, It was still, huge, my mom still said. covered. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, let's get into the story. Matricide, the act of killing one's own mother. Most of us could never even fathom this sinister act, but for one Michael Buntrock, he committed this very crime and kind of called it an accident. This is the story of Michael Buntrock and his mother, Diane Buntrock. For both parties involved, it did not end well. So let's talk about it. Diane and Michael Buntrock had a rocky relationship years before the murder took place on May 4th, 1995. They argued a lot about Michael's girlfriend, Beth, who at the time was only 15 years old while Michael was 18. Both Michael and Beth's mothers saw how Michael was abusive to Beth and they of course didn't like it. Beth's parents were starting to file an order for protection against him on Beth's behalf, which is basically a restraining order. Scared that both of their parents would stop them from being together, the pair concocted a plan to run away. Michael and Beth decided that they would kidnap his mother, tie her up, and dump her alive somewhere, and then steal her Cadillac. This would give them a head start while driving on the road to an undecided destination. Shortly after, Mr. Buntrock, so Diane's husband and Michael's father. Shortly after, he left for work around 6 a.m. on the day of the murder, which again was May 4th, 1995, Michael and Beth went to the Bunt Rock residence located at 524 Redwood Lane, New Brighton in Ramsey County to carry out their plan. Beth waited outside. When Michael confronted his mother, Diane allegedly told him he would never see Beth again and Michael was extremely upset. He went downstairs for around four hours to smoke cigarettes while he calmed down and thought about what to do next. So you're thinking that, okay, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to kidnap my mom. That's a bad choice. I'll just like deal with the whole restraining order situation in a calmly manner. But no, he started to consider stabbing her, but decided that strangulation would be the best option. Michael went and got the cord from his boombox tied it in a slipknot, jumped on his mother's shoulders, wrapped the cord around her neck, and strangled her for about five minutes. Michael then tied Diane's body up with cords, just household cords, wrapped her in a bedsheet, and put her in the trunk of the Cadillac. He was with Beth at the time of his arrest. Diane's body was then found by authorities a day later on the 6th. Michael Buntrock was indicted by a grand jury for the charge of premeditated first-degree murder, and he admitted to the killing. In August of 1995, so just a few months later, he was found guilty and sentenced to serve life in prison, which he has to at least serve up to 30 years in prison, and he's still currently serving his sentence today. That would be 30 years from 1995 would be to um, 2025, so that's kind of coming up, which is scary. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't get out then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he tried to appeal his case two or three years after. Yeah. And he, so basically his whole appeal and his defense was that he tried to say that he was on drugs, like LSD drugs at the time, so that really, like, messed with his mind. And so instead of just 
kidnapping his mom, even though that's not a sane act either. He then went from kidnapping to murdering her because of the drugs. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to say that his brain was, like, Mm -hmm. impaired at the time. And, of course, obviously he didn't get out since he's still serving his time. I think he tried for first-degree manslaughter and, like, uh, he claimed that it was in the heat of the moment but Mm -hmm. obviously you just read that he sat down and thought about it for quite a long time which Mm -hmm. clearly shows premeditation exactly and it's a little different too because in his first testimony he said that he smoked cigarettes and then in his appeal he said that he actually did harder drugs Mm -hmm. like lsd marijuana something like that but yeah so maddie the guest of the hour her grandparents owned the sod farm that Diane was buried on. So she's going to tell some stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're going to get like a basically a first-hand experience. Obviously, she wasn't alive then, but... No, I was pa- not. <laughs> from her parents and her grandparents. So yeah, take it away, Mads. Okay, great. Um, So this story that I'm about to tell comes from my mom. This is my mom's perspective of the day. Um, She remembers it like it was yesterday. Uh, So she got to share this with me, and yeah. So I'll just get into it. So um, my mom was coming home from work. Oh, wait, sorry for interrupting. Oh, it's fine. I haven't heard any of this either, and we kind of wanted it to be like... Suspenseful. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm reacting just like the listeners are reacting, just like you guys are. So anyways, continue, Mads. So this was a couple days after the murder. Um, My mom was on her way home from work, and my grandparents live pretty close to us so some she would go over there a lot on her way home from work or other different times because they only live a mile away so my mom was coming home uh so this was like late afternoon and she thought do I want to stop at my mom's house so my grandparents farm and say hi or should I just go home and she's like no I'm gonna go stop and say hi so she bypassed our street and drove down to the sod farm and when she got there she saw like 20 police cars (laughs) all surrounding their house and people walking out in the field and my mom's like what is going on i bet she thought it was your grandparents yeah i think so um she was really freaking out uh my grandma was outside with my cousin who was like a year and a half old at the time pulling him in a little wagon (laughs) and my mom parks in the driveway where she usually does and runs up to my grandma and is like what is going on here and my grandma is literally on the verge of tears and she's like they found a dead body on our sod farm buried in one of our fields and my mom is like what and my mom's first thought is oh my gosh is there a serial killer on the loose in ham lake things like this don't happen in ham lake um so uh no one really knew anything at the time the cops were keeping it hush hush oh this is another thing so all they knew was that the body had been found the perpetrator so michael buntrock had confessed and led the police straight to the body otherwise they who knows when the body would have been found oh really mm-hmm. oh i didn't know that part yeah he led them straight there oh, okay when he confessed okay uh the grave was pretty shallow so her body would have surfaced sometime but who knows who knows right uh so that's all that they knew was that um he strangled his mother and then buried her just a few days prior 
and um, the cops were telling them that you cannot talk about this with anyone else. Your you have to keep family. it. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Don't talk to the media. We don't want this to get any attention. We want to keep it on the lowdown as okay. quiet as possible. But obviously, the news outlets all got a hold of it within <laughs> the next couple days or two, and it blew up. Because um, things like this don't happen in rural North Metro, no. North Metro um, Twin Cities. Um, my grandparents were basically told you have to leave. This is a crime scene. So it actually wasn't in the middle of the sod field. It was more um, back behind one, kind of in the woods. There was a well back there. Mm. Um, Ew, I hate wells. Yeah, they're scary. <laughs> they're so scary. Um, Another really weird thing about this case that no one knows, and I don't think... Uh, the perpetrator, I don't think Michael ever talked about this, but, uh, so he was from New Brighton, the New Brighton area, which is a good, which is pretty far from Ham Lake. It's like a half hour drive. So why did he choose? Exactly. We, no one knows why. And, um, no one knows why he didn't just bury her somewhere closer to where he lived. To bury someone there, it's almost like you had to know the layout of the sod farm to even Ooh, know. Yeah. So when when we first, when the um, crime first happened, we thought maybe this guy could have been a former employee of my grandpa's at the sod farm. He was oh, not. Okay. To this day, we'll, we'll never know why he hid the body there. We don't know how did he know that that well was there, that that area... Because it's set back far from the road to I mean, the main yeah, road. It is. It's just, we'll never know. So Ew. that's kind of the story from my mom. Dun, dun, dun. It was a very scary day. Oh and my gosh. My mom, of course, called my dad right away and was like, there's a dead body on my <laughs> mom and dad's property. Mm-hmm. So I did hear that your grandpa wound up talking to somebody. How did that happen then? I don't know. One of the news channels wanted to interview the owner of the property so my grandpa and then my grandpa talked about it and then he's like he he kind of made it sound like he found the body himself so he was like we found her over in this area and I'm and my mom was like okay dad no you didn't find her (laughs) the guy led him straight to her so my grandpa can be like that. He can kind of, like, exaggerate a lot of things. Yeah. So he was on TV, so, uh, back in 1995. I don't know if there's some clips of that on YouTube, but... Maybe. There probably is. Yeah, or something. I know, I think we have it at our house on VHS, the whole news story. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, and then there's another story about... This is really creepy. Um, About our family friend who was walking his dog back oh, gosh. there. So he, he, this happened between the time that, between the 4th and the 6th. So in between the time that the mother was buried in the grave and before he confessed and led them there. So she wasn't still in the shallow grave. The police didn't know about it or anything. Okay, so, but he, she was buried at that she, point. Yeah, so okay. this was just like the day after she was buried. Ooh, but okay. before they found out about it. So okay. he was walking his dog back by the sod, back by the well where the shallow grave was and um, through the sod fields. And he couldn't figure out why his dog kept going <gasps> over to this one spot and sniffing and barking. No. And 
Uh, so he ended up, he didn't go over there to really see what was, right. the dog was sniffing. He just, like, called him back. But this is kind of gross and graphic, but, um. Oh, no. Oh, but no. he saw something that looked like two milk cartons sticking up out of the ground. And we li- we think that that could have been her bloated feet. <gasps> <laughs> so he saw that from a distance. <gasps> no. And so that's kind of a creepy story. Oh, my gosh. So that's really scary can you imagine like coming across a dead and body obviously you don't think it's a dead body when right. you see it you think oh it's just some trash or right. something i mean most people never think of no I found so he didn't body. even give it a second thought Ooh, ooh, and that dog knew right away yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and he he and um he michael and beth literally tried to run away because they were right after they dumped her body in that grave it looks like they or for, from what i've read from the different sources they just hightailed it up to north dakota and we're gonna try yeah. to get away with it but but they tracked the car yeah and that's really interesting too is that it wasn't even the reason he was hunted down like that wasn't even due to the murder because they didn't even know about that at that time. Mm-hmm. It was the car theft, which is really interesting. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if he would have gotten away with the car theft, would he have ever been caught? Or if he Isn't that weird to think about? Right, or if he like chose a different car. Yeah. If he cho- if he didn't take the Cadillac, yeah, exactly. then he would have never been found. Mm-hmm. Or at least he wouldn't have been found in the timeline that happened. Mhm. And then your grandparents might would have still had a body <laughs> I know, on their it's property. So scary. That's crazy. The the one thing that I'm really interested about that I couldn't find in um, my research is I am assuming the husband um, reported her missing and the car missing, but I don't. There's no like information who actually reported her. So I'm very, like, I want to know that, too. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. It could have been the husband. We don't know. Right. Or it could have even been Beth's parents. Yeah. I mean, she was reported really quickly, too. So what I'm wondering is, like, she's a grown woman. You know, she's, like, 50. I think she was 51 at the time of her death. Yeah, that sounds about right. She She's a grown woman. Why did why was someone so worried about her safety that they reported her the day she was murdered? I know that she talked to Beth's parents and said that um, she was worried what Michael would do. Yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. someone obviously was very worried for her safety, mm-hmm. and they reported her that day. Yep. Yeah, and it's sad, too, because um, in the little research that's out there right now, is it said that um, Diane was scared of Michael. Like, mm-hmm. she she was worried what he was going to do. She was worried, like, what would happen when the restraining order went into effect and, like, she he couldn't see Beth anymore. And she fought with him a lot about mm-hmm. dating Beth. Mm-hmm. And they seemed like even before Beth, it, the way I could see it was that it was a pretty like tumultuous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the story of Michael and Diane Buntrock. So yeah, um, sometimes I walk back there or I'll take my grandparents' golf cart and knowing that now is so eerie. Oh, really? Yeah, so I actually didn't, the way I found out about it is kind of weird. <laughs> um, I remember being like, oh, I must have been 
eight or nine, maybe ten. I was a youngin, <laughs> um, and I remember my grandparents had a golf cart, and me and my cousin, who's only like a year or two older than me, my girl cousin, um, not the one I mentioned earlier, uh, but uh, we used to have a lot of fun and take our grandparents' golf cart and go around the sod fields, because it's mm. they have so many acres, it's so fun to go driving around, and I remember it was me, my cousin, and my cousin had brought a friend uh, and we, the three of us were driving around the sod field, and we went over by that well, I remember, and I didn't know about it at the time, and then my cousin's friend is, said to my cousin, is this where the dead body was? (gasps) And my cousin was like, yeah, I think so, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? My head, like, snapped, and I'm, like, looking at my cousin, I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I think she explained it to me, but you know, we're young, so it's like she could only explain it so well. And then I I think I asked my mom about it later and she told me, but didn't really get into the details. And then she, when I got older, she explained it more to me, but oh my gosh, it was kind of scary. Yeah, right? Like, there was a dead body here. And I mean, obviously you wouldn't know looking at it now. Of course. I mean. I don't think you could tell, like, even a couple days after they dug up her body because it was such a shallow grave. It didn't mm-hmm. really. Exactly. wasn't deep enough to make an impression in the ground. But, it's, yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time I had walked back there. It must be at least five years now. But whenever I go back there, it's so eerie knowing what happened. Ooh. Mm, try to stay away from that. So, yeah. I mean, that's the story. It's, cra- it's a crazy one. I'm so glad you were here to, like, tell all that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know the drill, listeners. We always end the episode out with a little joke, a Minnesota-related joke, if you will. So, Maddie's a huge Packers fan. Like, ride or die. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. I get so. a lot of crap for it, but my dad's from Wisconsin, so I can kind of get away with it. <laughs> so, I got her, I found a Minnesota Vikings-related joke. It's a meme. <laughs> hey, Maddie. What? What do Minnesota Vikings fans do after they win the Super Bowl? Well, they don't do anything because they don't win. <laughs> I don't know. You know what they do? They shut off the Xbox and go to bed. Oh! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> sorry for any Vikings fans out there, but yeah, it's kind of a tr- Like always, we want to thank our partner, The Daily Planet, DC. They do some wonderful stuff over there, so check out their website and their Twitter and Instagram as well. Bye, guys! Bye!